Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. American, all the chips in the B.C. It is Saturday, the 30th day of December, Anno Domini 2023, and you, oh, you lucky people, you're listening to the very last sound bites of 2023. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things to choose, nothing to lose, kick off your shoes, don't get the blues. Did you pay your dues? Here comes... The news. <laughs> On Wednesday, in an email to Prime members, Amazon confirmed that it will begin showing ads alongside its streaming Prime video content starting January 29, 2024. The price will remain the same, but subscribers who don't wish to see any ads will have to pay an additional $3 per month on top of their monthly or yearly Amazon Prime subscription. The change was first reported back in September. Starting January 29th, Prime Video movies and TV shows will include limited advertisements, Amazon wrote in an email sent to the Amazon Prime subscribers. This will allow us to continue investing in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time. Because, you know, Amazon's not making enough money. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, Bezos got divorced. He needs the money. We aim to have meaningfully fewer ads than linear TV and other streaming TV providers. No action is required from you, except the grinding of your teeth, and there is no change to the current price of your Prime membership. Subscribers who want to avoid ads can sign up for the extra monthly fee at the Prime Video website. Prime Video isn't the only streaming platform looking to increase revenues via ad-supported tiers and price hikes in a challenging economic environment. Both Disney Plus and Netflix, among others, have hiked their prices in recent months. HBO Max, Peacock, and Paramount Plus all introduced lower-priced ad-supported options. And Netflix uh, um, launched an ad-supported tier last year for 7 bucks a month. Netflix did recently grant subscribers an ad-free episode for every three episodes watched, as well as downloadable content. However, this was apparently designed to help advertisers tap into the viewing behavior of watching multiple episodes in a row. Disney Plus and Disney-controlled Hulu increased prices starting in October. The ad-free tier of Disney rose 3 bucks a month, while ad-free Hulu increased 4 bucks a month. Both Because, you know, Hulu has so much more compelling content than Disney Plus. <laughs> Both services are also, offering, are also offered together for 20 bucks a month, and the ad-supported tiers maintain their current pricing. Both strategies seem intend, intended to drive viewers to either sign up for multiple services or drop down to an ad-supported tier. This is the second price hike for both of those services in the last calendar year. Apple TV Plus announced monthly price hikes for several online services in October, including its catch-all Apple One subscription service in October. Apple TV jumped 3 bucks a month. Apple Arcade went up 2 bucks a month. Apple News Plus went up 3 bucks a month. Raising these prices helps Apple stay attractive to shareholders because it's not about the customer's Screw them. Uh, even amidst the tricky economic context, or at least it will if consumers agree to keep paying, um, uh, said one of the senior people at the time. 
Raising prices too much could drive customers away. Apple seems to be betting that that will not be the case this time. So our poll of the week at soundbites.org, that is Bites with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is streaming services are showing ads or raising their prices. And your choices are, I'll happily pay more for no ads. I'll reluctantly pay more. I'll take the ads. I'll quit the service. I'll keep the service, but I'll complain. And this is why people pirate stuff. So far, we've got, so far we've got 18 votes, and I'll take the ads is just one vote ahead of this is why people pirate stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299, toll-free, 800-790-0415. I just logged into my Prime you know, uh, account page. doesn't say anything about this happening. Yeah, it's, it's rolling out slowly to individuals. Um, well, you know, people think that you don't notice it. Yeah. People, well, people are already complaining that we are paying to see ads, yep. which is exactly what is happening. So you have to, you're paying more to see less ads. Uh, no, <laughs> we're paying this. You're right. We're paying yeah. the same to see ads and we pay more to see no ads. Yeah. And it's just, it's, um, the other, <coughs> excuse me, the other thing that's annoying is I've been a prime member for like 10 years now. Yeah. The price has doubled in those 10 years. Yep. Yep. And, you know, like I said, we are prime members for the free shipping (coughs) because we make way more than that in terms of coffee stand. I used to, I I did it just for the free shipping at Christmas. Right. And then they added the video and the the Kindle books and, 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 and all the other stuff. So now it's more worthwhile to me, but it, I don't order that much anymore. So if it was right. just the shipping, so I, I'm I'm thinking of of getting off the the two day shipping plan and doing just um, Prime Video. That's what I do. Yeah. See, for us, yeah, it, it's it's all about the shipping, and yep. with that, of course, I get unlimited video, uh, photo yep. storage, There's which that. I love, and uh, and Amazon um, Prime. Movies, uh, but now we'll the, be seeing ads. The new Reacher series is really good. The yeah. Reacher series is really good. Nobody messes with the special investigators. Right. <laughs> but I haven't seen this uh, this, week's, yeah, this I week's episode. Uh, that'll be this <clears throat> afternoon. Uh, but, you know, do I want to watch things with ads in them when there are other services that are not showing me ads? Or I can buy a DVD and never see an ad? Well, we're of the age um, where we grew up watching broadcast television, and you you learned to ignore the ads, or you ran off and did something during the ad. Well, there's that. Yeah, that's the thing that annoys me. The ads aren't long enough anymore. Right. The the horror of of screaming to your sibling, "It's on! It's on!" as they run from the bathroom, because <laughs> that two minute commercial break wasn't quite enough. Right. But you know, when it's two minutes, you can get a drink of water or whatever it is you're doing. And now they're you know the ads are thirty seconds. I look at the, the little clock in the corner. I, I love that they have that. So and that that tells me, yes, I absolutely have time now yep. uh, to do something or, nope, I guess not. One of the things that's most annoying is that it's often the same ads over and over and over oh, again. Oh, that's the worst. It's because the advertisers <sighs> don't know enough about other streams. In fact, you know, the big entrenched advertisers are just so used to... Um, uh, you know, broadcast television, they don't even think about advertising on streams. That's yeah. why I love recording so much stuff on Sling. Yep. And then you can sit there 
go to the recorded stuff. Fast uh, forward. We found on on YouTube TV there are sometimes you can't fast forward. Yeah, and sometimes right. you can. Right. <clears throat> right. That's the part. That's the part I hate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I've been looking at setting up a Plex server or a Jellyfin server or one of those and and uh, play around with that. I mean, I've got. I can't tell you how many DVDs I've got. Yep. And, and they just sit there gathering dust. Because I don't, I don't think. Oh, I'll just pop in a DVD. You know what, ha- what happens is you see a movie on TV. You know, you're, you're, you're channel surfing. Oh, that looks good. I watch it. I know the DVD's over there on the wall. Yes, and I could go get it and watch it without commercials. Yep, <laughs> but I'm going to stream <laughs> it with commercials. <laughs> but button for punishment. Yeah. If you put up a home server, yeah, like a Plex server, or whatever. Yep. The other part of the problem for me is I don't have a, v, uh, a DVD player attached to every. Mm-hmm. Actually, to any now, I would just rip them at my computer, and 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 do it that way. But you know, if if I can put the the Plex app on my Roku or my Google uh, Chromecast or mm-hmm. Apple Plus or whatever you know, whatever you got, and uh, and do it that way. So mm. um, you know, I, I'm, I think. Uh, <coughs> I already ripped a bunch with. of stuff, and I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up on that NUC, the NUC, the next unit of computing thing I've got. Mm-hmm. If that works, then I need to buy a three or four terabyte drive for that. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a fast drive. No, it can be a spinning drive. Because who cares? Right? No, it can be a spinning drive. Oh, right? Because yeah. I'm just I'm just streaming a movie. It doesn't have yeah. to be fast. SSDs are so damn cheap. Well, exactly. I, I probably will get one, but the point is, I don't have ones. to. Yeah. What? Yeah, the big SSDs are still expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I but want a I four mean, terabyte drive, it's going to be a spinner. Yeah. Yeah, but if you get a couple fifties, you know they're cheap. Fifty bucks for a terabyte hard drive SSD. Right. You can switch between uh, SSD hard drives. Right. Right. But I don't need it to be fast. Mm-hmm. No. I really don't. I. Uh, it, True. It's whatever I get is going to be faster than the stream. Oh, definitely. So why not and save no the money? Ads. Right, and no ads. So everybody's gonna, having their after Christmas sales. I'm I'm setting that up now, and we'll see uh, how well that works. And if it does, um, that that's going to be my next big purchase. All right, to the phones. Our first caller is Roger from somewhere in Western New York. Hi, Roger. What's up? In this aggravation with with cats, uh, I had two occurrences in the past month that are ongoing. I'm unable to terminate the chat. I keep getting endless notifications. I can't make them stop. The first person I made them, I called them spam and blocked them. And I last night I got some ad, I blocked Samsung, Samsung people. Because I just can't stop that automated chat from appearing two, three, four at a time. And and these these are coming in on your phone. Yes. Okay, so they're they're text messages. Well, they're coming in through um, yeah through texting through, through text messages. Okay. I guess those that's chat is related to texting. I didn't realize that until yeah. Okay, so, so what uh, what phone do you have? I have a Samsung A one one five Android phone. Sounds like uh, your phone number got put on somebody's spam list. Yeah. So there's two things. Well, I've, been, I've been hacked. Right. 
So there's a, there's a couple of things that you can do. Um, you're probably using Samsung's messages app. Yes. yes, I am. They have no filter at their end. If you were to use Google's messages app, they do an excellent job of blocking Filtering most spam. <clears throat> because the email spam, they're directing to a spam folder in my email. Right. right. And it's the same thing. They, they have the same high-quality filters on their messaging app that they do on the email app. So if you switched to Google's messaging app, now, that means you don't have access to all the messages. I mean, you can the still... You can, messages. Right. You can't move the messages over. That's okay. Yeah. So, but if you started using Google's, you would see a significant decrease. Mm-hmm. They won't a hundred percent go away, of course. Yeah. Is there a way to block unknown texters like there is to block unknown callers? So, you, if they're not in your address book already, I, have, I was getting emails that I that I declared spam and blocked. That was before I knew about the uh, email, the Gmail spam folder. Yeah. Right. 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 But yeah. The, the text messages uh, I used to uh, Google. Messenger and yeah, it's uh, blocking a lot of uh, spam text mails that I get. But yeah, so so many um, uh, the phone systems will often have a way to block unknown phone calls. So if the if the person is not in your phone book, it won't ring. Um, <laughs> we're trying to see if there's a way to do that with text messages too. Um, I, last night I went in the in the Samsung. Text messaging, I went into contacts. I entered Samsung as a contact. And with some aggravation, I stumbled onto a way to block them. Yeah, you can, blo- you can block any sender once they've sent you something. Yes. Um, we're trying to find a way if you, you can block people you don't know before they send you something, and it, it doesn't look like it. Not in the Samsung uh, app. No, not, no I don't but think maybe, it's... Yeah, maybe in the Google app. I'm in the Google app now. I'm not seeing it. I mean, let me Google that for you. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I have written. Well, T-Mobile told me to go to go to Samsung. They weren't able to help me with my problem with Home Depot uh, because they were doing the same thing, or somebody was doing the same thing to me with Home Depot. Aha! Found it in the Google Messages app. Okay. Yep. If you now can I find it again? <laughs> um, in the <laughs> upper right hand corner is your picture. If you if you yep tap that, you will see one of the choices is spam and blocked. Yep. If you take if you go to that page, in the upper right hand corner are the three dots. Yep. Uh, there you can tap on blocked numbers. And one of the choices, you can turn on block calls from unidentified callers. All right. So that's the key word, unidentified callers, not unknown callers. Right. That's right. what I did with the, what do I use to call overseas? Um, I'm drawing a blank here. Yeah, I, I don't know. But you can do that with calls, that and, and you can do the same thing with um uh spam that's not exactly what you want to do because it's unknown numbers as opposed to I, w- I wonder if you can do 
Yeah, so what, what that would do is is any message that you get from someone not already in your contacts would go into the spam folder and you wouldn't see it. So okay. only so only people in your contacts folder would be able to to uh, text you. Oh, I had blocked the uh, the spam service phone number, and the, that was last night. And so far today, I have gotten I've gotten no more um, notifications. That's that's good. So so that phone number has stopped, but it it won't necessarily stop other phone numbers. Yeah. So yes. No, but- I, well, I don't want to. I don't want to block everybody in the world. I want to block unknown. It's fine. Right. right. So those are the people who are not in your contact list. Yep. So do that. Do what I said there. And that, the, what, gonna, um, what website the did you find? The Google message app in, in the Play Store, you know. I'm sorry. Yes. Say that again. Yeah, the Google it's Messages Google. app you would download from the Google Play Store. Right. If it's not on your okay. machine, yeah, because you're on a Samsung. And then you have to go into the Samsung preferences and make that the default texting app, right? Right. Okay. Uh, Samsung preferences, all right, because I have a terrible time with settings. I mean, it's, it's the inter- the interaction amongst all these tools is, is mind boggling to a guy that's uh, yeah my age and, and intellect. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, look, you can do this. It's just a matter of the problem is just learning where it all is and how to handle it. And every time, well, I I do you do it once, and three months later, you forget how, what the heck you did. Well, right, right, right. All right. All right, thanks. Samsung preferences and Google Google Messages. There you go. I hope this fixes it. Thank you. Yep. Bye bye. Yeah, so you can block unknown numbers, which means it's it's somebody who's not in your um context. Yeah. List. Did you find that on a on a website? Or just in your settings? I'm trying to find instructions to post and I just looked in my settings. Yeah. They're all everything I'm finding is how to block a call. On text you've already gotten. I'm not seeing anything to get to that unknown list. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there we go. Automatically ignore known spam numbers. That's uh, part of it. Let me. I'll post this one. Yeah, that's something. Anyway. So yeah, they're all uh, the the spammers are getting worse. Mm-hmm. Quite honestly. Um, well, they're getting better for themselves. Yeah, they're getting better, <laughs> yeah. which is worse. Depends on what way you look. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you know, the minute uh, the minute we have something nice, they somebody's got to ruin it. Yep. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Josh from Fairport, New York. What's up, Josh? Howdy, fellas! Happy New Year to everybody. And I just uh, just had a question. I'm looking. You guys helped me out real big last year with the free. Um, Microsoft Word style software. I'm looking for a similar free software for um, PowerPoint, if such a thing exists. Oh yes. Which one did we tell you for Word? <laughs> I'm I'm using uh, Libra Libra Office. Yeah, Libra, you, Libra you got it already. It. Yeah, <laughs> Libra Office okay, does so all of the different uh, Microsoft programs. Oh great. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, what it is is uh, in Libra Office, you get Libra Office Writer. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, uh, the the word, uh, processor. word processor. You get LibreOffice Calc, which is uh, spreadsheet. You get LibreOffice Impress, which is PowerPoint. Oh, okay. You get LibreOffice Base, which is a database program. Like Access. Like Access. Okay. And you get Math and you get Draw. 
and and like that. So yeah, they're all already there. They're just the names. You got to know the names. Awesome. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, there you go. It's all there, all so right. have fun with it. Thank you. I certainly will, and I hope you guys have a, a great and blessed New Year. You too. Same to you. Thank absolutely. you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, LibreOffice, absolutely free, uh, just like many of the online things, but if you want to keep it on your own machine and keep your information to yourself, uh, LibreOffice is a great way to do it. Just remember to back up your data mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, but yeah, LibreOffice is is fast and easy and looks great. And uh, you know, it depends on your lifestyle, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, I do I do a lot of work. I, I used to at least do a lot of work out. You know, when I was out somewhere, I needed a document that I had written, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, one of the online systems, and I use Google, um, was the right was the right thing to do. Because they're available wherever I am in the world, anywhere I have a uh, connection. Um, but when you're keeping your data to yourself and you don't want to put it online, um, LibreOffice is completely mm-hmm. free and does everything the average user wants to do with any office product. Yes, if you are a medical facility, um, you may prefer Word because there are some add-on packages for that. Same with... And your company probably has a site license. And your company probably has a site license. Same thing with lawyers. Yep. Uh, although there are packages for those as well. But, you know, you may you may prefer to use what's, what's mm-hmm. available where you are. And but there, there's great packages, like you say. Right. You, you know, if somebody's... Uh, well, you got to have it in Word. You can export it to a Word format. You can export and import any... Office format to LibreOffice. And you can also set LibreOffice to automatically load and save in Office format. I did that at RIT for for decades. Um, I, I used OpenOffice, uh, LibreOffice uh, f- later, first OpenOffice. Yeah. And the first thing I did yeah. was set it to say uh, always save as Word uh, Office format. And I could exchange documents with anybody without a problem at any time. Well, that's we, the other thing, though, too. Sorry. Um, was these products like LibreOffice and Google Docs and all that, they were the uh, way ahead of Microsoft in giving you the ability, which I found really good at times, was saving things at, as PDFs. Yes. So, you know, you can put out a document and put it out there. People can't alter it. Making yep. it a lot more secure for you. If you didn't want people re rewriting and say, "Well, no, you said this," and no, you didn't. Here's the PDF, and right. you can't mess with that. And OpenOffice still exists, but they haven't had a major update in almost ten years. Right. Where LibreOffice Libre is, is still, the thing to get. Yep. Um, there's there's a more Mac looking version called NeoOffice. Right. If you're a Mac user, NeoOffice is probably better for you. All right, we are going to take a quick break. Gives you a couple of minutes to download OpenOffice and play with it. Uh, We'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's right. You're listening to the very last edition of Soundbites for 2023. We'll be back next year, so remain calm. We'll also be back in just a couple of minutes. 
Before you call into our show, please make note of the following rules. One, turn your radio down. Two, turn your radio down lower. Three, remember, nobody has invented a good-sounding speakerphone yet. Don't use them. Four, make sure you have a point. It makes for a more interesting show. Five, calling does not guarantee you'll get on the air. No whining. Six, if you do get on the air, please do not tell the host what you just told the screener. We don't care. And seven, is that radio turned down yet? We hope this will make for a more enjoyable program, and we thank you for your time. Online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And sure? I'm Steve Ray. Should I get them out? <laughs> and at 36 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites, and we have Dan from Brighton, New York on the line. What's up, Dan? Hey, how's everybody doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, I have a friend who uh, has a problem opening a certain file. The extension is CSP, and it sort of looks like it could be an SQL file, but I'm not sure. CST, Charlie Sam Tango? Tango? Charlie Sam Police. Charlie Sam what? Papa. Pogo. Charlie Pop. P. 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 Papa. CSP? Yeah. Yeah, CSP. Uh, according to fileinfo.com, it's a dynamic web page code written in RADG concept application server. Could be content security policy as well. Yeah. What, where did your friend get this file, and what do they need with it? Well, uh, they'd like to open it up and see what's inside it. Okay, well, that didn't tell me anything. Yeah, pretty you much, pretty much any word processor or... should be able to open any file and see the code. The, the, well, at the, the very least, you can use a hex editor, but... but, but Tell me more. Where did they get this file? And is it how and from whom did they get it? And it, what are they it, using it for? Yeah, is it because uh, I mean, that'll tell me there's like 15 or 20 CSP extensions. And okay. so if you if I know more about it, I can know a little bit more about what to tell you how to deal with. It. Okay. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of details, but it might contain vector information and it's csp csp charlie sam papa charlie sam papa okay um also could be is it is it vector works yeah, you've got to get more information from your friend. All right, so at the very least, um, what happens when you try to open it in a text editor? Uh, I haven't tried text editor. I've clicked on the package no. or on the file. Yeah. And uh, it says no preview available. Right, you have to open your text editor first and then tell it to open any file. Right. Okay. So, like, open with or something like that? No, open your text editor. Open go the then go to file open. All right. And see what happens. That'll tell you at least something. Um, 
uh, if it's if it's um, could be yeah. If if it's an ASCII file, you'll be able to read. Well, you'll see the code. If it's a binary file, it will just be gibberish. Right. If it if if the file is from Clip Studio, um, it's a it's a vector image, and what it should contain is simply numbers, because those will be line points, and those line points would be used by Clip Studio to draw the picture. Okay. Click Studio being a program, is it uh, free? Is it? They're certainly not free, no. Okay. Would uh, LibreOffice be able to uh, see it? It would be able to open in the text as a text file, yes. Yeah, Clip Studio. Is, I, I think the real name is Clip Studio Paint. Yeah, uh, one time purchase, 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, or take it to some shop that maybe has dealt with some of those other um, file extensions and be able to help you out. Okay. There's a website called FileExta.com, F-I-L-E-X-T, for a file extension. Um, and you can drop any file you want on there, and it will try to figure out what it is and what program to open it. Oh, PhotoP, I think, can do it. PhotoPEA. I think. Photo, it's an online photo editor. Okay. It's free. Um, and I think it opens CSP files, Clip, Stu- Clip Studio files, I think. Certainly can't hurt to try. It's called right. Photo P, P-H-O-T-O-P-E-A, and I think it will open them. Certainly can't hurt to try. Like I said, it's online. It's free. Drop the file on it. See what happens. What the hell? Might as well. Yeah. And the other uh, suggestion, FileXT.com? What was that? Yes. They have a uh, – and I, I posted a link to their their file viewer. So drop any file on it. It will try to figure out what it is and tell you what program it can open it with. Fantastic. Oh, thanks for the help, guys. Yep. Sure. Bye-bye. Have a nice new year. You too. So, yeah, that's uh, – there are uh, – <laughs> there's so many things on the Internet that are um, free and, and available. Um, they often don't work as well frankly, as the ones you pay for. But for quick and dirty and for what is this and what does it do, mm-hmm. they certainly can They certainly can do the job. So, uh, And PhotoP is one of them. You can also get, um, I think it's an app in the, in the Google Store as well. I don't know if it's in uh, the Apple Store, but I think I should probably just go look. What do you think about that? Um, assuming I can find my... Android app. There it is. I think it's in the Google Play Store, I think. One of the things we've seen people do over the years is they're trying to clean out a full hard drive, and they look for files they don't recognize. Right. Um, what, oh, what was it? What was the one that looked like a little koala bear? It's a Windows system file. Yeah, And, and there was yeah, that yeah, yeah. fake virus message going around about delete all these little koala bear files because it's the bear virus, and then you corrupted Windows completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Photo P is uh is uh is available in the 
in the Google Play Store. Look at this. Um, I don't know if it gives you all the features that you get on the online version. And, of course, if you've got a file on your computer, it's a lot easier to use the online version and move it to your phone and download <clears throat> the app and yada, yada, yada. Play with it that way. But it's there, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it seems that uh, it's available. So it's... I, I Back in the day when I was first starting to use Chromebooks, uh, people were saying all the time, well, you can't do anything with them. Mm-hmm. There's video editors, mm-hmm. audio editors, photo editors, and even all then, available online. Most yeah. of what you did on a, on a Chromebook was web pages. Right. Because... That's what it's they were designed based, to do. Yeah. Right. And so you can, most people spend their time in a web browser. Right. I, you know, I've been saying for the longest time, when people say, what should I get for my computer? My first question is, does it just sit on your desk or do you take it around with you? Well, 99% of the time it's on my desk. Get a desktop. Well, I move it from this uh, desk to the kitchen table to the living room table. To- <laughs> right, right, right. Get, yeah. a, get a desktop. They are less expensive, or you spend the same amount of money and get twice the power. Uh, you have room for added drives or whatever else you want to put in. Mm-hmm. And if you really have to take something somewhere, get a Chromebook. Well, it's like ninety percent of the time when you're using a, when you're out somewhere, you're looking something up online or whatever. Uh, use a get a Chromebook. That was always my first question of folks when they'd sit there and want me to build them a system. I'd sit there and say, okay, what are you going to do? It, use it for? Right. Because I don't want to sell, sell you a Cadillac when a mid-sized car is going to do you. Right. Or maybe just an entry-level thing. Right. I want something you can grow into. That's why I always said the mid-size. That way you got plenty of power, but not over the, you know, over the moon right. power. So, you know, and it saved them some money, but it still had the expandability. Right. Well, that's that's the thing with something like a, a Raspberry Pi or an Intel NUC or one of those. It's an inexpensive machine that has a lot of power, and if you're using, you don't, it, you can run it headless if you're doing something that doesn't require you to be sitting at a keyboard all the time, like it's a server uh, or or a backup drive or something along those lines. Why spend a whole lot of money you don't have to? When you can get something less expensive that does the job. That's one thing. I'd like to know. Uh, we're picking up more and more listeners anyways. But Christmas just passed. Yep. What I want to know to our listeners out there, how many folks or even anybody that got a Raspberry Pi 5 has been playing with it? We'd like to hear your experiences with it. Because... You know, I've seen some other comments and all that in different displays on it, and the performance looks good. But I'd like to actually hear from one of our listeners. Right. Right. Yeah, I I, uh, I will admit I, I still, change. you know, I'm looking, I'm thinking January. But now I'm doing this, uh, this Plex thing, so maybe that'll, I'll hold off on that for a while. It's, it's, it's all about the time. Yeah. You keep adding things to your want-to-do list instead of taking them off. Yeah. Yeah, but you're retired. Yeah, it's the second syllable that's important. Tired. And I'm retired every day. Yep. All right. (laughs) 
Back to the phones. Our next caller is Mark from Greece, New York. What's up, Mark? Hi, guys. How are you? Peachy, how are you? Uh, very good. I'm sorry I didn't call you last week. Uh, belated Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And all the same to you. you, sir. Thank you. Um, got a um, TP-Link uh, mesh router for Christmas. Nice. Ooh, said it was good to you. Yeah. Uh, setup was easy. Uh, it's nice that it's all done on an app on your phone. Yep. They all are uh, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. So easy. Um, what I was wondering is, um, by default, uh, they had the IP4 on, but IPv6 was off. And I was wondering what that was about. Well, most home devices yeah, are just beginning to start using IPv6. And your mm-hmm. internet provider has to support it, yeah. too. And your internet provider has to support it, and they're a little slow. Uh, so IPv4 is safer Okay. Uh, in terms of we're, what everybody uses. We're running out of IPv4 address space? No, that's not true. But, we ran out of them about two right. years ago. But <laughs> no one has been too keen on switching to V6 yet. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, they got to get the speed and uh, dependability up. Well, it's it's... Yeah, it's, a lot of people are still running on older equipment, servers, yeah. and everything else. Yeah, that, it's, it's not that about speed; it's about it's about is it supported? Yep. On a, on a device. So if you've got an older phone, an older tablet, an older laptop, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's quite likely that IPv6 is not fully supported. And most of the time, you're behind that routers anyway. Right. So in in the early days of of the internet, it was assumed that every device on the internet would have a public internet address. Right. Um, and then we would have run out a long, long time ago. But NAT routing came up, and so you've got 10, 20, devi- 20 devices in your house with all the thermostats and smart alarms and light bulbs and whatnot. That's, that's, uh, that could be a low number. You can have up to 255. Yeah. And you're still only taking one Internet address to right. go out to, out to the rest of the Internet. So mostly, mostly it isn't necessary. Okay, I noticed that when I turned it on, I got better performance out of a few of my, uh, I, a few, few of my, uh, like my laptop specifically, which isn't very old at all. Right. Is that and so that's I was just wondering if I should leave it on or. It doesn't hurt to have off. it on. It okay. doesn't hurt uh, anything. And if you have a, a device that takes advantage of V6, then yes, having V6 turned on is good. Okay. So for those couple of devices, they will they will connect to a V4 device using V4, mm-hmm. and they will connect to V6 devices using V6, and it's not it's not a big deal one way or the other. Okay. I've, I've run into some old HP printers that if you have V6 turned on on your computer, um, you cannot print even with your V4. Right, right, that, yeah. right. There are some devices, yep. but if you're not I'll having a problem, drivers. leave it on. Yeah. Okay, that's also nice having a guest network too now. Yes. Well, exactly. Oh, that is so nice. One of the um, one of the tips there is put your Internet of Things things on mm-hmm. that guest network because mm-hmm. you you can still access them over the internet. But right. if if there's a vulnerability in them and and there will be, <laughs> um, then then whoever attacks that light bulb doesn't have access to the rest of your own network. All they get is the isolated guest network. Right. Yes, I was told that. 
So that's what I did. I put the smart plugs on it. I yep. did the um, the Alaska on it. Right. Uh, stuff like that. So excellent. That's okay. very good. Very but very I just good. Wanted to know about that IPv6. If uh, I just noticed, like I said, I turned it on, and all of a sudden my laptop started just working better over the internet. Yeah. yeah. So everyone thought four billion addresses would be enough when we came up with version right, four. Right. When they first started with V4, it was like, what, what are you kidding? Yeah. Four billion addresses? Yeah, but with all so, the cell phones and everything else yep. now, grabbing IP addresses. So now, so now it's 3.4 times 10 to the 38th total addresses. Yeah. 3.4 yeah. with 37 zeros. <laughs> and, and we think that'll last. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have six, another year or two. I, I have six smart, smart plugs that are all using right. an address. Right. You yeah. know. So, right, like, and, 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 that, and everything and, else. Yeah, like I said, uh, if you've got 200, you have 250, well, 54, 254 addresses available to you on your internal network. Um, anything over 100 devices simultaneously is going to start to slow down your network simply because of packet collision. But, right. um, uh, you know, anything under 100 is not, is not really going to be a problem. Yeah, this 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 particular router said it can handle up to 120. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And with mesh networks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All well, right, Mark. You. Appreciate the information. Have fun. All right. Happy New Year. Thank you too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. That's uh, the biggest pain when I'm upgrading someone's network in, in their house. How many other devices do we need to put onto the now new network? Right. And one of the tricks I found most of the time, if you make the new network name and password the same, all of the old devices, the TVs, the thermostats, automatically reconnect. Right. Where I've run into problems. You prob may have to restart them. Yeah. But they should reconnect. Where I run into problems is if the protocol is changing. So if they were using WEP and now we're on WPA, you have to set each one up again. Right. And uh, and there's always that one, you know, a, a, a smart speaker in the third bedroom that you forget about. When... when um when my uh, um, the router that you've got, the Orby, Orby. When my Orby died, and, and I immediately replaced it with the Google Mesh network, uh, I did that. It set up everything perfectly, which is fine because the next day is when I tore my uh, quadricep and went into um, uh, rehab for three months. So my wife was home alone, and if she'd been three months without internet. I, she would have snuck into my rehab and killed me. Yeah. So luckily... Or replaced it, you. Or, or replaced me. <laughs> or like it. Uh, but everything's set up exactly right, except one device that she didn't use, uh, and which clearly I didn't need because I was in rehab. Um, when I came home, I found it wasn't working, and so what? Uh, I just restarted it, and it was fine. But yeah, um, yeah using the same name and password... Often works, and you, although, you, like I said, you may have to restart a device. But yeah, um, yeah, I was very, I was very lucky. Uh, it came in, it came in just before I tore my quadricep. It's all in the timing. It's all in the timing. One cool fact that I learned this past week was: what do computers have in common with Vikings? <laughs> I don't know what do I don't know, Mister Interlocutor. What do computers have in common? Do you with? know who the king of uh, Vikings is? Eric the Great. Henry Bluetooth. 
Oh, he was a, a Viking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's why and they named was, it that. And that's why they yep. named Bluetooth. Because he for, united for, a, a lot of the tribes of the Danes yep. and the Swedes. And yep. And, and by the way, Harold the symbol, yeah, Harold yeah. Bluetooth. Is and, the symbol of Bluetooth. Is, the, is uh, the two runes that make up the name Bluetooth put together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's a um, cool thing. That, yeah, it's a very cool thing. That, uh, you know, it's like, I will love watching that Discovery Channel. There's yeah. a guy that goes searching all over, you know, for mysteries and uncovering stuff and all this other stuff. Uh, sorry, sorry to all our Swedish friends. It was Denmark and Norway. Denmark and Norway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like, Whoa! From it's here, just, it's not yeah that big a difference, but to them, it's a big difference, huge yeah. difference. I get that. Uh, yeah, but to be drawn together that many decades, you know, centuries ago to modern times, you no, know, is tied to a Viking. Yep. Cool. Yeah, and and uh, like Dave said, we love to hear about people who got a raspberry. Yeah. Like oh. Whatever you got for Christmas, how easy it was to set up, put on your network. Well, like I Get said, that, running. That I mean, one, go ahead. No, that one guy that I uh, I steered you to that does a lot of the videos. I've been seeing. He's been playing more with more and more iterations of uh, like Linux and that type of stuff that you can put on the Pi. Yep, and play around with it and touting yeah. the great features, the graphics. Well, his, his big thing this is Leaps Video. We're talking yep. about a guy L E E P S Video on uh, YouTube. His big thing is games. And I couldn't care less. But um, uh, the first half, at least, is usually about uh, uh, the the operating system and, and setting uh, it up, and setting it up, and all of that stuff. And that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we people who got stuff. I got a number of calls from friends. Uh, I'm trying to do this. How do I do it? Well, what's your router? I'm trying to set up a new device. What's your router? It's this. Turn it on. Yeah. That's simple enough. <laughs> Turn on your new device. It will find the network. Put in your password. You're done. I remember back in the day when setting up oh, a device a on more. a network was, you know, yeah. two hours of swearing. Um, but now it's a matter of turn it on, put in mm-hmm. your password, you're done. Yep. And you're on the network. Is it IPX? Is it NFS? Is it <laughs> exactly, exactly? And did you set it? And is it the right protocol? Yep. Do you have to download a new driver? How do you download a new driver when you can't get on the internet to download a new driver? Um, it was just, it was just a lot. Nowadays, it's just basically, oh, I turned it on. Well, it's like I, it takes me back to the days when I was setting up a network at a law firm, and that's the ba- back in the day when we didn't have the Cat Five. Uh-huh. It was coax connectors. Oh, yeah. And we had it all set up, all connected. And all of a sudden, I get a call a couple days later. Dave, you got to come over. Our network's down. I don't know what's going on. We can't get in. What? So then you had to go through every one of the 20 some odd computers and check it all out. Or before that, with token rings and and, uh, Apple's local talk at the time. If there was one break in the wire, now I have two networks, and this side can't talk to that side. So I was going around, and it was close to the end of all the 20-some-odd computers I look at it, and this one woman had moved her computer. She wanted it over here instead. So she unhooked one of the wires that was going to her computer because it wouldn't stretch all the way. Boom. Once I got moved it uh, back, hooked it back up, we were back running, but we had to get a 
extend your cord cable, for. Right, sure. sure. It's like, no, it, you can't go doing that. At, at, uh, when I was at Logical Operations, we had a piece of the network that was... Oh, I'll talk about this when we come back. Um, all right. That music tells us we've spent an entire hour together, which was delightful. But what's more delightful is it's not over. There's a whole nother hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe coming your way. It's a whole nother hour of Dave Enright, a whole nother hour of Steve Ray, a whole nother hour of Nick Francesco, but most importantly, a whole nother hour of you. So you can give us a call at 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll-free 1-800-790-0415. Why not give us a call? It's cold, it's snowy, it's miserable out there, it's it's very Rochester out there today. So give us a call while you're in the warm and enjoying yourself, and we'll be back with a whole lot more sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece Rochester, a public service of the Greece Central School District, Jazz 90.1. Celebrating 50 years on the air in Rochester. Welcome back to America's longest running computer show, Sound Bites, on member supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966 Jazz. That's 966 5299. Toll free 800 790 0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm still Dave Benrick. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, you're hurtling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe, Soundbites. And the last one for this year. And the last one for this year. Uh, but despair not, because God willing and the crick don't rise. we be back. We'll be back. All right, researchers on Wednesday presented intriguing new findings surrounding an attack that over four years backdoored dozens if not thousands of iPhones, many of which belong to employees of Moscow-based security firm Kaspersky. Chief among the discoveries, the unknown attackers were able to achieve an unprecedented level of access by exploiting a vulnerability in an undocumented hardware feature that few, if anyone, outside of Apple and chip suppliers such as Arm Holdings knew of. The mass backdooring campaign, which according to Russian officials, also infected the iPhones of thousands of people working inside diplomatic missions and embassies in Russia, came to light in June. Over a span of at least four years, Kaspersky said, the infections were delivered in iMessage texts that installed malware through a complex exploit chain without requiring the receiver to take any action. Uh, With that, the devices were infected with full-featured spyware that, among other things, transmitted microphone recordings, photos, geolocation, and other sensitive data to attacker-controlled servers. Although infections didn't survive a reboot, the unknown attackers kept their campaign alive simply by sending devices a new malicious iMessage text shortly after the devices were restarted. So if you can't get to it, send it a new iMessage. A fresh infusion of details disclosed Wednesday said that triangulation, the name Kaspersky gave to both the malware and the campaign that installed it, exploited four critical zero-day vulnerabilities, meaning serious programming flaws, 
that were known to the attackers before they were known to Apple. The company has since patched all four of those vulnerabilities. Who knows how many more mm-hmm. are out there. Besides affecting iPhones, these critical zero days and the secret hardware function resided in Macs, iPods, iPads, Apple TVs, and Apple Watches. Basically, if Apple made it, this had it. Uh, what's more, the exploits uh, Kaspersky recovered were intentionally developed to work on those devices as well. Apple has patched those platforms as well, uh, and Apple has declined to comment. The findings presented Wednesday also detail the intricacies of the exploit chain that underpinned the triangulation infections. As I noted before, the chain exploited four zero days to ensure that the triangulation malware ran with root privileges and gained complete control over the device and user data stored on it. This may well be the single most sophisticated attack ever. Apple has patched the problems on all their devices, but this one was running for four years before anybody even had an inkling it was happening. So nobody's entirely certain there isn't another one out there. Feeling safe? Give us a call, but not on your iPhone. 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free. 1-800-790-0415. And if it's been there for four years, they've got to made iteration changes to it that... Even once that one's detected, it, it slides back to a different one. Right. But now that they know about it, there's better chance they'll find another one. It, oh, yeah. it, I'm seeing back, back in June, Kaspersky released a, um, a scanning tool so you could scan your phone right. to see if it had it or not. Right. I, ironically, it, they only released it for Windows and Linux, even though it's attacking <laughs> iPhones. <laughs> hmm. Oh, well done, Kaspersky. Well done indeed. So this is just this just points up. I still hear it from people. Oh, I don't have to worry about things. I have I have Apple. No, no, Apples are great. Mm-hmm. Apple products are great. They're not miracles. They're not magic. You still need to protect yourself. You not only need to be running an antivirus program and an anti malware program. You also need to be running your brain. And, and being careful of what you click on and don't click on and do things with and don't do things with. What you open and don't open. Be careful. Um, when you're, when you're doing, when you're doing something like that, uh, that's how that works. There was, uh, one coming, coming around again, a, a thing coming around again. Someone at the office showed me. Elon Musk is endorsing this new super cheap home energy saver that will save you 90% of your home bill. Nice. Scam. Obviously. Yeah, obviously <clears throat> scam, clearly. We'll go look at the, oh, you mean Elon Musk? But there's so many that? folks that would fall for it. Yeah. Yep. yep. I mean, you know, you get these folks at these telephone centers going around calling folks, hey, we can sign you up for this device. It'll save you hundreds of dollars on your energy bill, you know? Yep. yep. If By you go, Elon Musk. If you go right to that company, you can buy one, sure. But if if just Google the, the name, it, it, what was it? The, it was the Alpha Heater. You just Google Alpha Heater. Every other thing is, is it legit? Is it real? Why would Elon Musk endorse it? Right, yeah. Um, Gary in the in the chat asked, can I contact the show via email? No. Uh, we answer questions on the air. That's how we do this. Yeah, we just like uh, for a while there, they had the text thing uh done up and we ran uh we still have it but we do we don't use it mainly Only because the, we have so many follow-up questions yeah well mm-hmm. they even within their question they don't tell us enough right 
That's why we have follow-up questions. Yeah. I do uh, offer a newsletter where I answer people's computer questions. They email them to me, but that's going to cost you 25 bucks a year. If 25 bucks a year is too much for you to get computer help, then you just have once a week here on the show. That's mm-hmm. how that works. Um, we, we aren't free tech support every day of the year. We do this once a week because we enjoy it. Uh, but we don't do uh, we don't do uh, yeah. Text it's not a daily thing, like or you know, on the call, you know, you get an email, and all of a sudden they want us to do all this research and answer their question, and it's like because like, I've had some email me, and it's like, well, I'll get to you when I get to you. It's like I've got a life other than the, the show. Like, I, your, like your column in the newspaper, they uh, decided they weren't going to pay you anymore, but you're more than welcome to keep writing it. <laughs> Wait, that's exactly right. That was exactly right, um, uh, uh, and that's okay. That's that's okay. That was their that was their privilege to do that. Um, but now um, I don't. Uh, I don't have. Uh, I do have. I do have my newsletter. I'll I'll be starting that up again after the first of the year. I took I took a couple of weeks off for the the end of year holidays. Uh, but I'll be starting that up again uh, in January. And uh, so if you have questions, you can email me, Q&A at AskNick.com, uh, and, that will, uh, and that will let you get, uh, get to me. Um, and I'll answer them in the newsletter, uh, which goes out to all my members. So if you are a member of Ask Nick, and you can find out more about that at AskNick.com while we talk to Pat from Batavia, New York. Hiya, Pat. What's up? Well, uh, I will start off by saying I wish you a happy new year and continue to do the great work you do for 2024. Thank you. Same to you. And uh, I have an interesting situation. I bought a uh, Epson ES50 scanner, the small ones that you uh, might see in some doctor's offices where they just, it's it's, it's just a small device, and you slide the paper through. So I bought it for my downstairs computer. I have two Windows 10 computers. I tried to install it on the downstairs computer, and it would not complete the installation. So I thought, I wonder if I've got a defective device. I brought it upstairs, installed it, and went right through. Now, one is the Lenovo. The newer machine is one it wouldn't install on. And the older machine is a Dell. It's probably two or three years old. And he thought they're both Windows 10. Did you download uh, the right driver? Because there's specific Windows 10 32-bit and Windows yep. 10 64-bit. Yeah, I did both Windows 10 on both machines. I did a Windows 10 64-bit. Um, I don't have my phone with me because, but the reason I say this is because I took a picture of the message on the downstairs computer. It starts loading, and then it says unable to connect with the internet. Uh, uh, retry and it, it'll load about nine. It'll run about ninety percent of the install, and then it just stops and just keeps looping around. But when I brought it to the upstairs computer, it just went right straight through. And both machines are connected to the internet. Yes. And are they both on the same version of Windows Ten? Yeah. Uh, that I'm not. See, that's I, what you, I, that I, I can guarantee is that you're different. If you look, if you go into the system tray. And under the computer, uh, you'll see what version of Windows you're running. Even okay, the hold on, so you said system, right? Yeah, under system. Okay. 
It'll tell you what... About, I think it is. Yeah, it's about. It'll tell you um, what version of Windows you're running and what patch. Okay. And they have to match. In other words, if you've got one upstairs that's running Pro and the other one downstairs is running, uh, say, Home... Or, or one's running 21H1 and 22H1, 23H2. Yeah, yeah. They could be different. Yeah. All those different variables makes a difference in how uh, things get loaded and don't get loaded. Okay. I also no, see I'm... one thing to try is um, um, when you go to the downloads folder that the download driver is in, um, if you right-click on it and, and choose run as administrator. Yeah, I did that. Okay. Yeah, and I also have Revo uninstaller on the machine downstairs, and I uh, tried running it as uh, let Revo in, install it. I did it with just run as administrator. Now, just, just to find out if I'm on the same page here as you suggested, under system, I'm, I'm obviously on one computer. I can't run the downstairs, but it says version 10.0, and then well, I'll read the whole thing. It's version 19045 build 19045. So, so I should look at the one downstairs. So that means you're running the 2019 April version of Windows 10, and you are way, 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 way behind on updates. Oh, that's the upstairs one. Okay. See, I thought it was updating, so maybe it hasn't been. So yeah, the, that may be the problem The right reason there. it's not updating could be the same reason that um, the Epson driver won't install. Something, yeah, something but the, is this broken. is the one it works on. I didn't, sorry, I didn't make that clear. I'm sitting at the machine where I was able to install it. And that's the older version of Windows? Well, according to Steve, yeah. I, if I had the other one right next to me, I could see what that system is. Well, but, uh... uh Windows what would a newer system be? What what numbers would it have? Twenty well, twenty was it twenty three H two is the current version. Right. Wow, okay. So maybe, maybe it's a case where two new is bad. Now are you running the same security software on both machines? Yes, I'm pretty sure I try have disabling that. that before you run the installer. Disable it temporarily. Because right. okay. going back to which I wound up going to uh, share a little story here. Last week I was talking about how one of my computers, it started all of a sudden, they're both Windows 10 machines, and this other one all of a sudden started talking. And that one had done an update, and sure enough, in accessibilities, I dug down in there and I had to go digging pretty good. Yeah, it turned on one of those features. So I had to turn it off. Mm-hmm. Voila, now the thing doesn't talk to me anymore. Yeah, maybe then an update turned on uh, the Windows security uh, as well as whatever you're using, yep. and, and that's a problem. I, I, try those things. Try turning off your security to do the update. Okay. Just remember to turn it back on again. Right. Now, one last question. How, how am I missing the update? Because I'm pretty sure it's been updating. If I want to just force an update, go into Windows going. Update, and which also in the, in the um, system settings. In the tray. And so just Windows Update. Yeah, and it, there may be an error message there waiting for you to to clear, or it may be saying check for update. Okay. Yeah, check, check for updates, update. and maybe it's been waiting to restart. Yeah. Right. Why well, it's been restarting all along? It's yeah. Windows 10 Pro, and it says you're up to date. This is on the machine that doesn't work. 
on a machine, it does work. That's well, running, right. That's, that's, now you've got to do it in the other machine. Well, no, but if he's running 1904, it can't be up to date. For pro? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so so if 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 it does say you're running Windows 10 1904, then there are... I'm going to just click for check for update. Yeah. And uh, obviously it's going to take a couple yeah. seconds to go through. But I will definitely go downstairs after I finish on the phone. Yeah, I'm not going to ask yeah. you to wait while I go downstairs. But uh, I will check on that downstairs and see... It's just saying check for updates and nothing's happening. So, and also so maybe, it doesn't meet the requirements for run Windows 11. All the one downstairs does. Well, that's that 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 can be good. Yeah, the, yes. The latest version of Windows is 22 H2. So if you're not, yeah, if you're on 19, you're not. There weren't any. 20, I mean, yeah, I suppose you're up to date on 19, is what it's what it's saying. There weren't okay. any 23 updates, 23H1 and 10. No, 23H2. That's We're done right. with 10. We're done with 10. Yeah. Windows 10 reached end of support. Yeah. October and and 14th. when you and if it still doesn't work, um, get your phone and you can read us the error message, which might help. Yeah. Okay. All right. I will uh, work on that, and if you're not busy later, I'll give you a call back. Perfect. Otherwise, I'll do it next week. All right, okay. thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, folks, that's a that's a tip right there. Please, um, if there's an error message, write it down or take a picture of it, and then let us know what that is, because most of the time, without the error message, it's dang near impossible to give a good answer with your message it's just barely likely under windows <laughs> uh so yeah if, if you can uh, if you can give us that idea that would be helpful what am i doing stop all right well that, that's interesting they've done um almost a year between major updates on windows 11 it was 21 h2 22 h2 and 23 h2 they they didn't do an h1 right right it's all it's because it's too, too busy releasing monthly patches that break everything else. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And too busy trying to get Windows to work online. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Fred from Rochester, New York. What's up, Fred? Hey, Happy New Year. And the same to you. Hey, uh, I, you know, try to follow your advice. Back up, back up, back up. Good. I have purchased, I actually purchased it a while ago, um, but I'm still struggling with trying to figure out how it works. I purchased uh, two terabytes uh, P Cloud, and it has an automatic backup of uh, images, right. photos, and photos and um, and video. Right. Doesn't do regular other files like my data files. Yes, it does. Uh, it, it can. It can. Not on the phone. On the phone. Yeah, my phone version. Um, I've got. Uh, Couple gigabyte SD card. So I want to back up stuff that's on there. I used I used the phone. You mentioned taking a picture of an error message. I use the phone all the time for doing stuff like that uh, at my work. If I've got a setup that's not working, if I've got a tool that's broken, if I've got any anything that's anything to do with anything, and I don't want to write a long ass note for it, uh, I take a picture. Right. Because as they say, a picture is worth the thousand words and i'm is true 
So um, many times I've had something go wrong with the machine, and the and the tech person will say, "Well, what's the error message?" And I go, "Uh." Mm-hmm. So, so I, I've gotten in the habit of just doing it, just click it, and backing up to uh, the P cloud is automatic. Yep. I haven't found this. I haven't found a setting to automatically back up um, data files or or text messages or any of that other stuff. But right. I can do a man. I can do them manually. Uh, but in the automatic uh, backup, I get a notification that says uh, "task failed," and I click on the task failed, and I get uh, P Cloud uh, list of images that failed to upload, and a lot of them. And some of them are 97% finished before it fails, and some of them are 2% and everywhere in between. And if it has, at least so far I've found, if it has a, uh, a little image in the, on the side, a, a thumbnail, yeah. and I hit retry, I can one by one re-upload it. If it doesn't have an image, it just has a little symbol, um, it, won't, it, just, it just fails right away. But if I take that one that failed and I and I search for it on my SD card and I manually upload it to the P cloud, it works. So it's not the file, I don't think. No. What it is is check to see if you are well first, do you have unlimited data? Unlimited data. Everything is set to full throttle everything. All right. So um, you're you're absolutely sure that you've checked the box that says upload yep. over cellular. Yep. Yep, and my and my there are no limitations, no battery limitations on P Cloud. It's got full access to everything. Uh, sometimes, if I've added something and I put it in a separate folder, even if I moved it to a new folder, sure, it'll it'll send me a notification: new uh, new file, new new folder. Do you want to include it? And usually, I do. Um, so that part seems to be working, but. It just it just tons of them that don't that fail, and like I said, it, it all manner of percentage wise completed. Uh, is this an Android or iPhone? It is an Android, uh, a Samsung Galaxy. Hmm. I know there's a problem with given, iOS. So have you given the the P Cloud app the necessary permissions Everything. to access all yep. your media? It has full yep. full disk yeah, access. Yeah, full permission. A poor or unstable network condition can interrupt the process, and that's why it would work when you retry. Shouldn't it automatically retry? <laughs> yes, it should. Well, it, I I tried that. You know, I tried that to. Uh, you know, you want to in the notification that says retry, but it just comes back failed. But the ones that the ones that have so, and we, um, some of the ones that are. Uh, Fifty-two. Well, the one is fifty-two percent finished. It does not have a thumbnail on the on the left. It's just got a symbol. And if I hit the three dots and I hit retry, it goes right back to failed instantly. But that picture still exists on your phone, and you can open it. Yep. And I and I can upload it manually. Hmm. I did that. I said, you know, share, uh, clicked on it, uh, share, share to P Cloud. Where I want to put it, I put it in a folder where I can find it easy because it's amazing to me how many pictures I can accumulate in the 
short amount of time. Oh, sure. Um, okay. Generally speaking, all right. Generally speaking, Steve is right. This is generally speaking, Steve is never right. But in this instance, <laughs> generally speaking, Steve is right that it's almost always an app permission problem. Okay. So if you uh, if you open the the P Cloud. Uh, go to app permissions or application manager, depending on which version of Android you're running, um, and open, and then in the pCloud app, make sure that all the permissions for photos and media and files are enabled. And then once you're sure they're all enabled, return to the pCloud app and try the automatic upload again. Okay. The second thing to do is is after you make sure your permissions are properly set, restart your phone. You said you got the two terabyte version, so it's unlikely that your your storage is full. Yeah, not even not even close. Right, so it isn't that. Uh, but that's uh, um, you may have. Oh, you may not have an updated version of the app. There was oh, a problem. That, that's up to date. Oh, okay. Uh, these are all the wrong answers here, by the way. Um, uh, but try those things anyway, and let me let us know. Yeah, I've got all the permissions. Um, you know, in the if I go to uh, settings, apps, uh, P Cloud, it's got uh, notifications and photos and videos permission. Um, The notifications are silent. Allow, uh, you know, I don't. I don't need to get a ping every time Pcloud sends me something at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I know. Um, listen, I, we got to go. Okay, let me give that a try and try that happens. and let us know. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It is twenty nine minutes after the hour. You are listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that you continue to support us. Jazz 90.1. Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And the 33 minutes after the hour, we are sound bites. Still. Still, Google has indicated, oh, this is a great one. Google has indicated that it is ready to settle a class action lawsuit filed in 2020 over its Chrome browser's incognito mode. The lawsuit in the Northern District of California accused Google of continuing to, and I quote, track, collect, and identify users' browsing data in real time, end quote, even when they had opened a new incognito window. The lawsuit accused Google of violating wiretap laws. It also alleged that sites using Google Analytics or Ad Manager collected information from browsers in incognito mode, including page, web page content, device data, and IP address. The plaintiffs also accused Google of taking Chrome's users' private browsing activity and then associating it with their already existing user profiles. So if you thought browsing certain sites in incognito mode meant you were incognito, you were wrong. Google initially attempted to have the lawsuit dismissed by pointing to the message displayed when users turned on Chrome's incognito mode. The warning tells users that their activity might still be visible to websites you visit. 
Judge Ivan Gonzalez Rogers rejected Google's bid for summary judgment in August, pointing out that Google never revealed to its users that data collection continued even when surfing in incognito mode. Google's motion hinges on the idea that plaintiffs consented to Google's collecting their data while they were browsing in private mode, Rogers ruled. Because Google never explicitly told users that it does so, the court cannot find as a matter of law that users explicitly consented to the ad-issued data collection. According to the notice filed on Tuesday, Google and the plaintiffs have agreed to terms that will result in the litigation being dismissed. The agreement will be presented to the court by the end of January, with the court giving final approval by the end of February. Nobody knows how yet, nobody knows yet, how much or even if you'll get any money out of this. So don't order that new Tesla just yet. 29 cents. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. Because even if they, I've heard the number $5 billion. Well, how many people are using Chrome? Yeah, 5 billion? More like 12 billion. So you're going to get less than half a buck a piece. It's still half of that money. And half of that money is going to go to the lawyers. So you, if you get a quarter, you're lucky. Anyway, have you surfed using Google's, uh, excuse me, using Chrome's incognito mode? Come out of the shadows and give us a call. 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 800-790-0415. By the way, it's not just Chrome. By the way, it's any browser that uses the Chromium back end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was, which uh, is all of them, but Firefox. It was never intended to make you incognito on the internet. It's to stop your wife from seeing where you went. <laughs> exactly right. We used, we used to call it porn mode in the early days. <laughs> yes, we did. Remember yes, Dean Cain's commercials for Microsoft and Internet Explorer Eight? It's porn mode. Yep. Dean Cain did all these commercials that didn't last very long because they, they were pretty. They're hilarious but disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you were a little too on the nose. Yeah, yeah. really <laughs> is the thing. Uh, but yeah, you're you're look. We've said this a million times. You are not anonymous on the Internet. You cannot be. Pay, pay attention. When you ask for some website to send you something, they have to know where you are so they can send it to you. Somebody has to know where you are. <coughs> if you go through a proxy, the proxy has to know where you are. Do you trust the person who runs that proxy? <laughs> Do you know them? Do you trust them? Who are they and what you have to sign into that? Most and of the proxies these days, you pay for them, which means they know who you are. They have your credit card number. They know all your information because go- they go to the banks and ask. And what government has, hasn't su- su- subpoenaed them for your data? Exactly. And so, you know, if you have a proxy... Somebody somewhere knows where you are. And the thing that is, <coughs> the government nowadays, as far as tracing where people go and, you know, send out these emails and all that, and, you know, whether they're, uh, you know, malicious or not or this or that, they can track you right down, down to your house. Yep. And if you don't think they can, you know, I wouldn't advise trying it because. Uh, th- They'll be all over you like white on rice, and the tools that they have, you can't even imagine. Right. It's well, just it, like it, I had one client, you know, tried erasing his hard drive because he had porn and all that on it. Yeah. And we had to turn it over to the FBI, and the FBI was able to pull it all up. Oh, yeah. On erase, there are on erase programs that oh, are Oh, yeah. Amazing. They've got such. What's the one that we used to use? 
doesn't matter. Well, they got tools, though, like <laughs> I say, that you and I, I'd love to get my hands oh, on yeah, some no of kidding. This was, you know, 15 years ago. There was and, a... Re- uh, what they've done now? There was a really interesting um, uh, uh, story on Security Now a couple of weeks ago that... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, Ron Wyden, um, California senator, who's, who's kind of you know pro consumers. Yeah, uh, he's uh, issued a letter to the attorney general uh, urging the DOJ to permit Apple and Google and others to inform their customers when the DOJ has subpoenaed their metadata about on their phones and their messages. Yep. Um, and uh, so first, first was. Uh, they're doing that. We didn't know. We didn't know the government was already doing that. Push notification services. Yep. That when when your uh, you know your doctor sends a notification that your appointment is coming tomorrow, the contents of that notification might be encrypted, but the fact of the notification isn't. Right. And uh, governments are getting that. And so. And and pay attention to the wording of what he of what Wyden yeah. asked for. Allow them the permission to tell people. That that's been done. Right now, they cannot tell right. you mm-hmm. that your metadata have been subpoenaed. It it and so it is being done, um, and they're not able to tell you. But in a in a statement from Apple, said that Wyden's letter gave them the opening they needed to tell their customers, yeah, this is being done. Yeah, we don't know specifically. We can't tell specifically you yet because that's against the law so far. Right. But right. we, we want to be able to say this is being done. Right. They, they, we always talked about the um, uh, the canary in the um, SEC filings. Uh, there have been uh, no filings against us from you know by you know from uh, government agencies. And then when that phrase disappeared from their filings, yep, <laughs> you knew exactly something right. was up. Well, and 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 I was talking to somebody about proxies a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks, maybe a month ago. Time, I don't do time, man. Um, <laughs> And we were talking, he said, well, I, I use a proxy. Yeah, I said, I use a, he said, I use a proxy in Russia. Americans can't get those data. I said, who runs that proxy? I don't know. The KGB. <laughs> what? Exactly. How do you trust if you don't know who runs that proxy? Yeah. If you don't have a, an ironclad contract with that proxy and you don't know their history and, and whether or not they are actually keeping your data secure, how are you trusting them? They know everything that they have to know, mm-hmm. where you're going and where it's coming from. Yep. They know that. Otherwise, they can't send it back to you. <laughs> Sony has been, Sony Records specifically, has been going on a spree. Um, so a couple of years ago, they sued uh, the DNS provider Quad9 mm-hmm. to block the uh, DNS resolution of a website known to be pirating Sony Music. Uh, well, they, 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 they sued in Germany. Um, Quad9 is not based in Germany. They don't do any business in Germany. The website they were ordered to block was not based in Germany. Sony sued in Germany for some reason. So the German court said, no, Sony, go away, and found in favor of Quad9. Now, a bunch of companies in Italy, led by Sony Italy, are suing Quad9 again. Right. For the same thing. Some random website is hosting a pirated music, and they want the DNS provider to block access to that site in a country they don't have any business in. Right. Um, and 
Quad9 is just one of thousands, tens of thousands of DNS providers. It's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Many, I've, I've couldn't said make this, it through the court. Yeah, I've said this many times. Back in the day, I got a letter from one of the um, movie studios. I forget which one. And I got this letter and I thought, great, my big break has come. Turns out I was being sued, sued. for downloading a movie. Ugh. So I, I looked at it, and the movie, by the way, was The Waterboy. If I'm going to steal a movie, it's not going to be an Adam Sandler oh. film. So I, I called him up and talked to him, and I said, look, I know what happened here. Somebody downloaded a movie. You have the IP address. You looked it up. You called RIT. RIT told you who owns this machine. The problem is I'm the owner of record for every machine in the College of Business. So I need more information to find the person who really did it. Mm-hmm. And the lawyer was great. He said, I get that. I get that. Here's the information we need. Here's the, the IP address. Here's the MAC address. Here's the time. Here's the date. Turns out that we had loaned the machine to a student to do research on. Research. Because, well, no, no. <laughs> because because uh, we were doing uh, Bloomberg stuff. And at the time, Bloomberg was charging a ludicrously large amount of money for their software. And so we only put it on a couple of laptops and loaned it to students to do research on. So this kid, when he was doing his Bloomberg research, had downloaded this movie. So, and the kid was like incensed. He said, how did you know I did this? I said, you downloaded this movie. He said, but I went through tour. I did, an, uh, did the Onion stuff. And, and I said, well, <laughs> who runs half the nodes on the, on the Tor network? The FBI, the CIA, the, you know, the <laughs> FCC. They're, they're running about half those nodes. They know everything that's being downloaded. And, if, and, and even so, your, uh, the IP address of your computer is the final destination. That's the point. And they, they know that final destination because they know what's going through the Tor network. And so, you know... What, to to finish the story, um, the FBI. I, I really worked with the with the uh, lawyers at the at the movie studio, and we finally got it to the point where they said, "All right, delete the the thing off the off the computers, all all his computers, which you probably made fifty copies of it, uh, but get get rid of it, and we'll put a note in his file. Mm. And if he never, he was a freshman. If he never gets in trouble." For the Again. next four years, he's good to go. We'll take. We'll, you can rip up the note. Otherwise, it goes to every employer he tries to to get a job with. And you don't think that? Oh, that sti- exactly. So uh, the kid was phenomenally good for the next four years, and and he and I were part of the group who watched that note being ripped up and thrown away. So, but you know, the, how are you trusting any of this stuff? It's all, anybody can set up a Tor node, and anybody means the CIA, the FBI, the FCC, Sony, Warner Brothers, everybody. Remember remember Jamie Thomas in 2012? Yeah. 24 songs. She was sued for $220,000 for having 24 pirated songs because uh, the, the law lets you sue for each instance. Um, and it was her granddaughter that did it. On the uh, the, oh the Kazaa music sharing site, remember that? Oh yeah. Ooh. And uh, yeah, so they ordered her to pay, and um, 
I'm trying yeah. to find, find where, the, where the solution was, but uh, she had to work out a deal to pay it back. Back in the day, um, we were doing uh, research on the dark web for a, a paper from, for one of the faculty. And uh, I went, I go into our lawyers, all right, these lawyers, and said, look, look, we're doing this research. We're downloading a lot of illegal stuff. What, what, what's my exposure here? And they said, look, document everything. We know why you're doing it. It's for scientific educational research. And you're not keeping the information. You're just putting it in the paper and blah, 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 blah. So we, we wrote it all up. And, and so oh, I, yeah, cover your butt. Even the, so, there was a little bead yep. of sweat when I was oh, doing yeah. those downloads. Well, there have been so many stories about, <clears throat> about some researcher sh- pointing out a flaw to some company and then the company suing them. Right. Instead of thanking them and paying them a bounty. Right. So, so well, actually, so that's, that's now there's commercial bounty programs right. where you as a hacker – um, can join this program, and then so the program pays out the bounties to give you a level of, of um, um, legitimacy. Say, legitimacy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But it, it's sometimes hard. You 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 find a, a zero click iPhone uh, hack that's worth millions of dollars to the bad guys. Right. Or you get a hundred thousand dollar bounty from Apple. You know, that's right. That's, right. That's right. hard to mm-hmm. hard to make the hard case. To make that choice. To be the good guy. Right. Uh, but yeah, the 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 reality is that uh, when you are running um, a Tor system like Tails or one of those, uh, you don't know who's running the nodes that you're going through. It's it's that simple. You don't know who that is, and um, you're not as anonymous as you think you are. Uh, you can be somewhat anonymous. You can be. Possibly anonymous. So that's why you should join your friend's Wi-Fi network when before you do anything. Always sit in somebody else's driveway. Yep. To download the bad <laughs> stuff. Absolutely. And that's why everyone else should have a password on their network. <laughs> right. Which a lot don't. Yep. Uh, and we got a guy in the in the chats who I think a guy who says uh, a no log VPN and tails and blah blah blah. Y- you don't know. You do not know Mm-mm. whose VPN is it, and are they really not logging it? How do you verify that? And Tails, I just told you, this kid was was downloading stuff from Tails. That's how he got his movie, and they found him. So no, there's you. You can go in blind if you want to, but the reality is that they'll find you. You're not secure. You're just it's not it's not what you think it is. It doesn't work the way you think it works. And if if some big multinational super deep pocket company wants to make an example of you, they're going to find you. They're going to find you. The the. And, and, you know, they're going to sue a kid long before they're going to sue a company because the kid can't afford mm-hmm. the lawyers that a company can't. Yeah. You know, if they find an individual, that's, uh, you know. Some quick cash for them. That's right. Uh, and, <clears throat> and the lawyer at, uh, what was it? Was it Warner Brothers? I don't remember who made, who made the movie. I really don't. But whoever it was said, oh, yeah, we do 100 of these a week. I mean, we've got a whole division who does nothing but mm-hmm. these these suits. And he said most of the time they settle out of court, so nobody ever hears about it. Mm-hmm. Um, about he said about a third of the time, the it's somebody like you. Well, Which is why when you know when when I called and said, "Look, I'm the owner of record," mm-hmm. he just immediately knew what was going on because yeah. that's you know about uh, most of it is being done on on college campuses. 
certainly back in the day when the only place where you got fast internet was a college yeah. campus. So if he'd have been smart, he should have gone to the public lab and done it. <laughs> right. Well, As oh, opposed well, to using our machine. Yeah. Do, do you have to sign in and out of the public lab computer? Yes, you do. Ah, mm-hmm. There you go. So you can't do <laughs> it that way either. So Plus you wait for someone do- to not sign out and sit down. <laughs> Plus doing that, you know, and then what it'll leave on your record. And that will follow you around. That's right. For you, future you're employment. Get, particularly if you're right out of college, you're looking for your first job, mm-hmm. and the first thing they see in there is this kid stole things. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know Thank what? You. If I got two candidates and one of them didn't steal stuff, I know which one I'm going to hire. Because more and more companies, that's why, like, Indeed and all these others, they're doing online, you know, uh, advertising for, you know, job postings. Because from there, they're going to also do research on, well... Has he been involved in anything, you know, this or that? They can do deeper research on stuff that you thought, oh, it was in college. It was no big deal. It will come back to bite you in the butt. Yes, it will. And now he's saying he had no VPN blocker. Well, you know what? No, it's not how it works. Somebody somewhere has your real IP address. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to get the file. It has Mm -hmm. to come back to you somehow. It has to come back to you somehow. And when you have your real address out there, somebody's going to get it. Yeah. It's just the way it works. If if you're going through any VPN and they say, and that's right, you don't have to download anything anymore anyway. You can just stream it. Uh, again, only stream from legitimate sites because, again, if you stream it, it still comes to your address. And these days... Many companies like the FC, uh, the uh, Warner Brothers and all of those are completely willing to pay a VPN to get that information. Mm-hmm. And if a VPN is able to get a thousand bucks for handing over one IP address, it's money to in their pocket. They're going to do it. Don't think they aren't. Um, uh, particularly if they're in a country that has reciprocity, they could get sued and sent to jail for not doing it. So if the choice is. I make a thousand bucks or I go to jail. Hold on. Give me a minute. Think I'll think I'll take the money. Yeah. Well, the thing of it is, too, though, it's just like, you know, we tell folks as far as backing up and doing all this stuff to protect their data. If you don't think, you know, you keep trying to do that and play the odds, just like Russian roulette, it's eventually going to bite you in the butt. It's not if it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when they're going to actually catch you in it. Doing this, especially if you're an avid, you know, going to all these different sites and loading, downloading stuff, you're going to get caught. Yep. There's just no roundabout way of saying it other than, yeah, your days are numbered. Yep. And nowadays, there's so many inexpensive things you can get. You wait, you wait for the sales. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much money are you really saving? A couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there. How cheap are you? I went to the library. And got yeah. a, I got a copy of the 2016 Shin Godzilla, which is oh, yeah. kind of a precursor to Godzilla Minus One, which right. is an excellent, excellent movie. Yeah. But it was over Christmas. We were busy, never get around. So, so Christmas Day night, I got down, finally got time to put it in and watch it, and it wouldn't play. It was pixelated and, and, and bumpy. Oh, crap. So I take it back to the library and get another copy in order. They didn't have a Blu-ray player there handy, so I'm not sure if it's the, the, my player or the disc. Right. But public discs like that, you know. Yeah. Gotta. Well, public discs like that, and, and did they have it in the wrong uh, region? No. 
Okay. It was, it was the right region. But the other thing, I, so I started looking at a 4K Blu-ray player. Sure. Because now I got a 4K TV. Sure. One. And prices are going up. Only 4K? Only 4K, yeah. So it's, the prices are going up now. So you get a DVD player for 20 bucks. Yeah. A Blu-ray player, maybe 100 Yeah. 4K Blu-ray, you're pushing 200 Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, so physical discs are dying out. And, and so nowhere, I, I, I looked to find some place I could stream it. And there was a rental place for like nine ninety, you know, ten bucks. I could rent it and watch it once. Well, go to the library. I, people forget the library has movies and stuff. The library has audio books and everything uh, else, yeah. music everything. CDs, especially some of the older movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Godzilla minus one is uh, only in cinemas at the moment. Yeah. So the, it's not available for streaming. There's a site called Just Watch yep. um, at justwatch.com. And uh, you can look up any movie and see where or if it's streaming. So the the rumor is, so, so Godzilla Minus One is a Japanese production. It's in Japanese with English subtitles. It looks like a $200 million Hollywood blockbuster. In fact, Godzilla X Kong is coming out later this this uh, next year um the rumor is it had a, a godzilla minus one had a 15 million dollar or 150 million dollar budget the director has said god i wish i had that much money <laughs> it looks like a 200 million dollar blockbuster the this, the godzilla effects are not a guy in a suit right it is wonderful yep yep well matter of fact they're just offering oppenheimer now on uh prime yeah yep. <clears throat> so i want to watch it that's a time, that's a three hour movie, so you gotta make sure we got the time to sit down. Well, that's the other that's the problem, you know. Nowadays, I sit down to a movie and and I'm thinking, okay, it's three hours. I I don't, I don't really have three hours. Yeah, same. Well, you can pause. So, so I, re- I read somebody uh, had had tweeted somewhere that they should make an app for um, movie theaters. So when you're in the movie, and if if Say thirty percent of the people say I need to pee. They pause the movie. Yes, <laughs> there is a, an There's app one called says, Pee Now. Yeah, where, yeah. When you know, when do I have two minutes of uh, nothing action happening? Right. Uh, is that what it's called? Pee now. When when can I pee? As we all be careful when you Google that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run pee. Run pee. That's it. So when's the perfect time to run and pee during a movie? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, um, yeah. That's some. Uh, that's just that's just hysterical to me. All right, that's it. That is the last sound bites of 2023. But do not despair. We'll have the 2024 edition of sound bites coming up in just 166 hours. So I want to thank Dave Enright for a whole year of pretending he knows how to run the board. I want to thank a whole year of Dave of Steve Ray for managing, what, 50 or 60 different video streams at once. Um, I'm Nick Francesco. I want to thank all of you for another year of great phone calls and a couple of others uh, that <laughs> we're able to answer. Um, and, and we'll be here next year. Have a terrific safe and quiet new year be be careful out there uh because the amateur drinkers are out on the road so be careful be aware be good to one another and we'll see you 
in just 166 hours. This is 90.1 WGMC Greece Rochester, a public service of the Greece Central School District.